Okay, stop right now and think about the phone or the computer that you're using to watch or listen to this right now. Within that device are some key components that if they were not there, would make it completely useless. Now today we're talking about a company that makes some of those components. Welcome to Stock Stories. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome to Stock Stories. Hello, my name is Alex Mason and I am your stock storyteller. And we're studying the entire S&P 500 right here. Today, we're studying a brand new company. This is a tech company. It's AMD, the chip maker. And so we're going to be studying the history, the business model, and the financials. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode on AMD. Jerry Sanders left Fairchild Semiconductor in 1968. He was looking for more opportunities, and he was a director of marketing there. Now, what is Fairchild Semiconductor? Well, I won't go too much into it, but basically they were very significant in the beginner of the semiconductor industry. Now, what are semiconductors? Well, semiconductors are small devices that form the foundation of how circuits and electronics work. We wouldn't have modern electrical devices if we didn't have semiconductors. Now, these semiconductors have been around since the 1800s, but the major innovation of the 20th century was the microchip or the microprocessor. Now, this invention was revolutionary because this little device could be programmed and perform complex calculations. So every phone or computer in existence uses these things today, and they're super important part of modern technology. But how did this actually get started? Let's get back to AMD. Jerry Sanders left Fairfield Semiconductor, and with seven other people, he raised an initial $100,000 to start his own semiconductor company called Advanced Micro Devices, or AMD. They set up their headquarters in Sunnyvale, California. And what's interesting about how they started is they didn't take a lot of risk. Instead of just going out and designing new products, what they did was Sanders used his connections at Fairfield Semiconductor and also another company called National Semiconductor to get some contracts to redesign existing chips from those companies and then make them more efficient. Now in 1972, AMD went public and over time, they began to create their own products. And what set them apart is that unlike other companies, they really stressed the quality of their microchips. Now at the time, there were a lot of mediocre semiconductor microchip companies that were popping up trying to cash in on the new craze, but they just weren't very reliable. And so AMD prided themselves on the quality of their products. Now, one of the ways that they did this was they didn't focus on the smaller industries of things like electronic calculators or electronic watches. What they did was focus on where the big money was. They focused on the telecommunications industry. They focused on the computer industry. And this was important because they could actually sell military-grade specification products to these customers for higher prices because they were the industries that were willing to pay up for that level of quality. Now, in studying this business, I found out that the founder, Jerry Sanders, this guy had a big personality and he wanted to stunt. He would use the company's resources and throw these big parties and it was really well known, especially for the extravagant Christmas party that the company threw every year. 
Now, one time in 1983, he rented out San Francisco's biggest convention center, spent half a million dollars on this extravaganza, and it was so big that news crews would actually come to film there. Now, this ultimately ended up being a good thing for AMD because it garnered them additional publicity. <laughs> one of the things that he even did was he set up a lottery system for all the employees. So you could actually enter the lottery if you were an AMD employee, even if you were a low-level worker, and potentially win a $12,000 salary for 20 years. So this guy, Sanders, he really wanted to stunt, he wanted to flaunt, he wanted to be aggressive, and that was just the culture of AMD around this time. Now this aggressiveness extended into their advertisements for their products too. Now Intel was the big company on the block and AMD was using everything it had in order to compete with them. And in their ads, they regularly took shots at all these competitors like Intel, Texas Instruments, and Motorola too. They even created a comic book strip one time telling the story of how this hapless engineer buys AMD's microprocessor kit and as a result becomes the most popular guy in the office and gets all the ladies. Now all of this was just AMD's style and how they did things and they were just really aggressive in trying to become the leader in this fast-growing industry. Sorry, I'm just cracking up at how the, uh, the ads are so different back in the day. Now, if you're enjoying this episode so far, show me some love and just tap that like button. I'd be very grateful. Thank you so much. Now, in the 1970s, AMD received a large investment from German company Siemens, and that cash infusion really helped fuel their product innovation in the microprocessor market. By 1978, they grew to over $100 million in revenue, representing incredible growth, especially from the very small base where they had started from. Amazingly, sales doubled between the years of 1979 and 1981, and so they built new facilities. Now, the company at this point even partnered with their arch rival, Intel, in order to make the IAPX86 family of processors. Now, in the late 80s, the company and the entire industry, in fact, was kind of brought back to earth. All this phenomenal growth all of a sudden just came to a standstill. And that's because Japanese competitors, they were starting to dominate the semiconductor market and AMD had to find new ways to compete. They formed alliances with other big tech companies like Fujitsu and Compaq, and they were able to develop new product lines and do that somewhat successfully, although their finances still kind of struggled. Now, by the 1990s, the company was making billions of dollars in revenue, but they had a lot of years where they lost money. So it was unprofitable for them. Now in the 2000s, the company spun off its manufacturing business and that allowed them to focus just on the designing of the chips. And then they also made a series of acquisitions to help boost their business, but they survived and started thriving more in recent decades. So that brings us to today. So what does AMD do now? What business are they in now? Well, they're still in the microprocessor business. And the reason that they exist is because the world needs microprocessors to fuel the evolution of machines. I mean, think about all of the tech buzzwords that people talk about today. They talk about machine learning, artificial intelligence, blockchain, crypto, cloud computing. You literally would not have any of that if you did not have the backbone of the technology, which in this case are microprocessing chips. You need the digital brains 
of these devices to perform all of these functions in order to operate the devices that you and I are using this very moment. AMD basically serves three markets. They have data centers, PCs, and gaming consoles. So their devices can go into any one of those types of devices. Now, each of the chips that AMD makes is specialized for different functions. For example, for a gaming console, you want a chip that's more focused on creating smooth and seamless images and graphics. Whereas for something like a data center, you might be worried more about processing speed or something like that. Their primary customers are some of the biggest tech companies in the world. They count Meta Platforms, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Amazon as their customers. Now the company competes with other giants in the industry like Intel and Nvidia. And from some initial research, it seems like all these companies, they have their own strengths. And AMD though, has gained market share recently in a couple of segments like their server segment, and they're chipping away at Intel's hold on the data center segment. So those are markets where AMD is successfully competing in. Now in this industry, you've got to make chips that are cheap, reliable, and fast. You want all those three attributes in the products you're selling. And so AMD has to invest a lot of money in their research and development in order to make sure that they're on the cutting edge of this technology. Okay, now we're at the ticker terminal. We're gonna look at the financials really quickly. The ticker symbol here is AMD for advanced micro devices. And let's look at the financials really quickly. One thing you can see right off the bat is on the income statement, boom, look at these revenues. Revenues have grown substantially. In 2017, they were just over $5 billion. 2021 skyrocketed to over $16 billion. We're talking about tripling their revenue in a five-year period. And then if we look at the profits, let's go ahead and look at the net income. We see that they actually went from having a loss in 2017 to making significant money in 2021. So they went from a loss of like negative uh, around $33 million to over $3.1 billion in profit just this past year. So this is a business that has definitely been a roller coaster ride for investors and for shareholders, because this is a company that is relatively cyclical. You have technology developing, sometimes you're the market leader, sometimes you're not, and the waves of change move very quickly with this business. Let's take a look now at the balance sheet. Remember, this is what the company owns versus what they owe. So they're really stacking up the cash here. Look at this, 2017, over a billion dollars in cash. 2021, over three and a half billion in cash. This is really nice. So the cash balance going up, this is indicative of a business that's highly profitable. And then let's keep going down in the balance sheet. I wanna see how much debt they have. So they do have some debt. It's around a billion and a half dollars. Nothing too crazy. Um, I think that this is a company that seems pretty well capitalized and I'm glad that they had that big cash buffer there just because they need to ride out future storms in this industry. Okay, looking now at the cash flow, how much money is actually flowing through this business? We see that their cash from operations, it's increased substantially, uh, similar to net income. So that's good. That indicates that the business really is producing cash. And then I also want to see how they're investing this money. So they're investing this money in some capital expenditures, 
but really where the money is flowing to in this business is some common stock is being purchased. So about $2 billion last year, which traditionally they haven't purchased stock at all and they don't pay a dividend. So you might be asking yourself like, where is this money really going? And I think the answer actually can be found if we go back to the income statement, we go back, look at this line right here, R&D expenses, boom. Last year they spent almost $3 billion on R&D. Okay, so we've seen a broad overview of AMD. And the question is, should we invest in the stock? Well, the thing about AMD is we have this big secular push coming up because everybody wants gaming consoles. Everybody wants really high performance PCs, data centers. The cloud is this big trend that just by itself, cloud computing is increasing demand for these kinds of processors. And I think that's going to continue in the long term. That's something that I think we're going to see for many years in the future. The key here to watch for me will be to see if their market share gains continue to grow. Are they really going to compete effectively with Intel over the long term? Are they really going to compete with NVIDIA well over the long term? And it seems like so far so good. But beware of the cyclicality of this business. One thing I didn't really look at yet was foreign competition um, because there are a lot of foreign chip, chip makers. And so that's one thing I would watch out for too. Right now, I think I would need to do a little bit more research into the cyclicality of the industry as a whole. Um, but this is definitely a market leader within their own industry. So that's what I think about AMD. If you want to check out more stock stories, I've produced many other videos and many other episodes. So go ahead and check out this video here and I'll see you on the next one.